Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening and welcome to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming live at WCEV1450.com. If you are new to the Radio Islam family, we welcome you. Thanks for tuning in. We're on every night from 6 to 7 p.m. Central, coming to you live and direct from the wonderful city of Chicago, Illinois. So you can keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. And you can also check out those previous episodes that you have missed out on. And believe me, once you hear them, you're going to share them. You're going to want to share them. Uh, you'll find us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. SoundCloud, TuneIn, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, once again, at Radio Islam USA. That is at Radio Islam USA. Now, for those of you who would like to interject, have a question or comment that you'd like to, uh, to pose throughout the course of tonight's show, you already have the username for our, our Facebook and Twitter, so we'll be looking for you there. But if you want to call in, you can do so at 312-750-1178, 312-750-1178. All right, Radio Islam family, we're just going to jump right in because we'll be saying it before before you know it. We'll be saying our goodbyes. Uh, this hour goes by very quickly. So uh, we're going to uh, start off tonight's program uh, by getting an update on a uh, a human rights uh, catastrophe, a human rights crisis that you have heard us talk about before, uh, but is certainly not talked about often enough uh, within the mainstream media. Uh, so uh, it's one that we are we are obligated to bring up. We talk about the crisis that is going on uh, in Burma with the Rohingya, uh, over a million people who are living in refuge in refugee camps uh, in uh, Bangladesh uh, in horrid conditions. And the Burma Task Force, uh, which is chaired by uh, Imam Abdul Malik Mujahid, uh, who's also the president of Sound Vision Foundation, uh, and founder, excuse me, um, that work, uh, that is part of the work that, uh, that the Burma Task Force is uh, designed to work on. So we are pleased to have with us on the phone tonight uh, Adam Carroll. Uh, he's been a human rights activist for many years, serving as a 9-11 uh, programs director for Islamic Circle, uh, ICNA Relief USA, and after the terror attacks, and currently as New York, and he uh, serves, I'm sorry, he serves currently as the New York and UN programs director for Burma Task Force USA. Uh, in addition, he assists interfaith initiatives within the Muslim community and also helps develop a range of interfaith programs and collaborations. Assalamu alaikum, Adam. Assalamu alaikum, Adam. Wa alaikum All right, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to talk with you. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to talk with us and and uh, and hopefully get us up to speed with uh, some of the uh, really important work that you all have been doing. So, um, could I? I want to start out first by asking, uh, as we have, I think the last time we talked, it may have been right after the, uh, maybe not too long after the election, uh, the the new administration. And uh, since that time, uh, the work that the Burma Task Force has been engaged in, the work that you're engaged in uh, in New York at the UN, uh, has it been impacted by this new administration? Hello? Hello? Yeah, sorry. Um, I'm a little worried about our technical connection here. Not uh, I hope this will work out. 
Sure. I seem to have a low uh, volume, and uh, I'm not sure. So I, I can hear you, but did you hear? Did you need me to um, say the question again? Yes, I really am afraid that. I couldn't hear you earlier. I think it's better now. Okay. All right. No problem. Well, the the short question was basically, has the has the the new administration, the new presidential administration, has it impacted uh, the work that the Burma Task Force is doing, uh, in particular the work that you are doing uh, on behalf of it at the United uh, at the United Nations. Okay. Uh, Again, your volume is very low, um, but um, just to speak about the current situation to give you an update. Sure. Um, the, uh, the Trump administration and Congress have really been going in circles uh, throughout the calendar year of 2017 regarding the Rohingya. Uh, earlier on, we did get some fairly clear statements from Rex Tillerson, James Mattis, various others uh, who, um, you know, acknowledged that their situation is a major humanitarian crisis. Um, however, in Congress, uh, sanctions bills have continued to be held up by one person in the Senate, which is Speaker uh McConnell, Mitch McConnell of Kentucky. Mm. If anyone listening is in Kentucky, we would very much value your calling into the Speaker's office and giving him a very firm uh, talking to, um, polite but firm, because uh, he claims that these sanctions bills would hurt Aung San Suu Kyi and therefore democracy. Um, we would answer to that, that Aung San Suu Kyi has really betrayed democracy, can't build democracy on genocide, and... Uh, and even more important and relevant to him, the, the sanctions bills in Congress do not target Aung San Suu Kyi, but rather the military, who are her, um, should be her opponents, but who are at least her um, in competition with her for power. She's in a power-sharing relationship with them, but obviously the, dem the um, democracy, um, you cannot rely on the military uh, in Burma, uh, which is the perpetrator of so many crimes against humanity, not only against Rohingya, but against the Kachin. In recent months, we've had, uh, we've heard news about bombing campaigns against Kachin people, uh, again, targeting civilians. So the military there is the root of the problem, um, and, uh, has to be reined in. And we believe that sanctions will do it. But again, we are not getting movement in Congress. Mm -hmm. Uh, we want bipartisan support, but the leadership is slowing things down. And even recently, there was an, uh, another bill where people were trying to get language from these sanctions bills put in to an omnibus bill, and they thought they were being clever, and this is the way it's done in sausage-making uh, territory in Washington, D.C., but it failed. Uh, the, some good amendments from Congressman Engel's office to put this language into an appropriations bill, but that failed. So this, we're being blocked. We're being blocked by um, shadowy forces. Uh, uh, for example, the gemstones trade. Right. Who knew that they had such clout in Washington? 
all these groups that don't really prioritize human rights. So, again, Trump's Washington is, is a difficult place for us. We are uh, reaching out to new partners, uh, to Republican leaders mm-hmm. that uh, do care about the Rohingya, uh, to champions like Ambassador Brownbeck, who is the uh, ambassador for international religious freedom. Um, we are reaching out to people who have some access to the Trump administration and doing so together with evangelical parties. Mm. Let me ask you this, Adam. Um, and uh, uh, and so, you know, it's been forcing us to think in an innovative way, reminding us this is not just a Muslim, but this is a human rights issue that all communities should be paying attention to. Uh, you think of the model of um, Save Darfur. When we're talking to people involved with Save Darfur 10 years ago um, and uh, trying to build on that. Um, so, uh, again, this is just a mention about what's going on today. Imam Malik, our chairman, is was meeting with uh, Ambassador Brownbeck uh, tomorrow a, a, a meeting, a summit of Burmese leaders. Right. Uh, not only from the Rohingya community, but from the Kachin community uh, that I just mentioned, impacted by the recent bombing. Also and- the Karen ethnic group, also the Rakhine. So the, at least three and maybe more ethnic groups around the table trying to build uh, solidarity and mutual support. This is a key to peace and this is key to strong advocacy that, that we're trying to, uh, to support as Burma Task Force. So, Adam, so, there's a lot of things going on. There's, there's of course, the pressure through the International Criminal Court. We just filed a, um, a, a case with them. Uh, now that we, uh, the prosecutor of the International Criminal Court has indicated that there may be a way of bringing this case, even though Burma is not a signatory, um, doing that through engaging with Bangladesh as a party the International Criminal Court. So there's many interesting, innovative ways that we are trying to move the, the game forward. Uh, right. But unfortunately, we're really getting uh, pushback uh, from the other side. So l- let me ask this. Uh, you mentioned the uh, Kachin. Um, that population, most folks may not be aware, if I'm not mistaken, that is a, a Christian uh, population uh, in Myanmar. Is that correct? That is correct. And in fact, the Burmese military is bombing churches. Uh, so there, the um, ideology of extreme Burmese nationalism right. privileges the Burman ethnicity overall. And uh, there's a Burmanization uh, policy, mm-hmm. which is about basically uh, oppressing all the minority groups uh, to let them know who's boss in the, in the country. And Vermin, my majority, uh, has usually prevailed in the Burmese military. Um, and unfortunately, Burmese military has been uh, in conflict with all these ethnic groups around the periphery of the country for uh, over 30 years. Um, these ethnic groups have militias. They have their own uh, forms of uh, local government. Uh, they're, they're demanding a certain amount of autonomy because they have no confidence in the Burmese uh, central authority. Um, and and uh, it's interesting that 
they have been engaged in sometimes violent conflict with the Burmese government, while the Rohingya have hardly ever engaged in violent pushback. But the Rohingya are the ones being depicted as as terrorists and threats and, and all this. And this is because of Islamophobia. Um, is there anti-Christian views as well? Yes, some. It's not to the same level of Islamophobia, mm-hmm. uh, which is a whole regional problem in, in, in India and Sri Lanka and elsewhere. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this is, a, uh, this is a really toxic dynamic uh, that nationalism has created uh, and the Burmese military have created um, in Burma. Now, you mentioned the, uh, the work, the effort to engage the International Criminal Court uh, and some of the successes or the potential successes that lie in that strategy. Has the Trump administration or any of its proxies um, uh, shown themselves to be in opposition to that effort? Uh, again, hard to hear you. Has the Trump administration established itself in opposition? Yes, to the, to the efforts uh, to engage the International Criminal uh, Court. Uh, well, okay, today, uh, Trump administration, State Department at least, did send out a message of support to Canada and the EU, because Canada and the EU uh, have, uh, uh, just in the last couple of days, uh, put more Burmese military leaders on the sanctions list. Uh, we have not done that yet. So far, the only, we only have one leader on the sanctions list. Um, and it's interesting that instead of adding more leaders to the sanctions list, we're just, um, our government is just applauding other governments that do that. Uh, perhaps this means that we will be following suit. But we're not taking a leadership uh, in human rights, uh, as you might not be surprised to know. Right. Um, we're following behind. So we do look, and Burma Task Force looks to Canada um, and to the EU uh, to move things forward. Um, we look to Germany and some of the other, France perhaps, uh, in um, being in sending stronger signals. Uh, the UN Security Council obviously ha- is is stuck because of the veto power of China, mm-hmm. which is protector of, of Myanmar and uh, of Burmese military. Uh, and plays both sides because they also help some of the, um, the militias in their fight against the Burmese government. So that China is, is, is trying to create and disrupt local economies, and then they move in uh, with their business um, projects, uh, making billions with their gas lines and linking Burma to, to the, uh, the One Road um, um, uh, projects. Um, really, if you want to look at imperialism uh, in 2018, you have to look at China uh, just as much as any other country and and how it's it's, it's interacting with Burma and its other neighbors. Sure. Um, But that said, uh, I think that UN has been disappointing. Of course, UNHCR, uh, the UN Refugees uh, Agency, is very much engaged in the camps, in the refugee camps, and key uh, to providing services. Um, but on the other hand, uh, they have also signed a secret agreement 
with government of Burma and Bangladesh, both governments, uh, to work towards repatriation. And everyone, uh, the, the human rights community especially, is quite nervous about what is in this secret agreement. Mm. In the past, UNHCR has sold out the Rohingya. We actually don't think they're going to do that as they have in, in decades past mm. when other Rohingya were displaced. But what is in this agreement and why is it not being shared? Uh, there's probably a lot of political reasons for this. It's mm. messy, but it's not about human rights. It's not about humanitarian relief. It's about politics. Is there uh, is so, there a worry? Is there a worry that with repatriation, uh, repatriation, that it could, it could actually be a cover for uh, opening a doorway for an even more brutal form of oppression? Yes, it's possible that uh, you know repatriation is just not. Uh, doable at this stage. Rohingya, despite the monsoons and the and the, the, the terrible conditions of the camps, don't want to be repatriated. It's not safe. But also, there's no guarantee of citizenship. Uh, repatriation, according to us and many of our colleagues, um, must be linked to restoration of Rohingya citizenship, as well as to return of their properties and lands, right. which have been seized by the military. Uh, until that happens, what what does repatriation mean? It means more prison camps. It means simply moving them from one miserable situation to another. Um, and that's simply not acceptable. And the Rohingya people in general, to the great vast extent, uh, don't want to just be sent back to an unsafe and un, unjust situation. So there's really no uh, solution right now in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, we need... Uh, the international community to be honest and clear-eyed about Burma and its 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 um, pattern of um, quite right. um, dishonest dealings with the international community. Now, a part of the pressure that the international community has put on Burma, that has put on the military, uh, has been to make sure that everybody is recognizing this as a genocide. Uh, And that, of course, it presents its own problems because in calling it a genocide, that means that people have to be held accountable for their actions. Um, Is everybody, uh, and and of course, this could lend itself to a much uh, broader conversation if we were to look at a situation, even though it was not a genocide, but just systemic oppression of uh, the apartheid state of South Africa, or look at the uh, Tutsi and Hutu um, in Rwanda, and how they how they came through those situations. Are there people who are still against using the word genocide for uh, feeling that there would be more traction uh, without it? You mean the terminology? Yes, even though that's exactly what it is. It is a genocide. That is exactly what it is. And yeah. yes, there are still even human rights groups that are our allies that are afraid to use the term uh, because they think that that shuts down conversation. But um, increasingly, more of them have come on board with using it. You know, they they creep up on it and say genocidal or hallmarks of genocide or early warning signs of genocide. So they throw the word in, but they qualify it, Mm. which is a little bit dishonest, but at the same time, you know, whatever gets them there. So we're, we're trying to take the long view and uh, 
you know, again, it's genocide, but it's also also ethnic cleansing, even though that's a uh, weak, much weaker legal term. Oh, sure. uh, it's also uh, war crimes and crimes against humanity. It's all of those things. But genocide and uh, crimes against humanity both uh, have a certain legal uh, resonance and strength that um, impel action on the international level. And, you know, nation states don't want to be forced to act. Uh, so obviously that's what some of this is uh, is about this this inaction and this resistance to using the word um, there's the the legal and uh, well there's, there's the uh, concept of responsibility to protect r2p um, and every nation state of the UN has signed on to this uh, which compels action uh, right. when a nation uh, is at war with its own people when it when genocide takes place. But what are they doing? They're evading and avoiding this, this uh, responsibility. Uh, it's really a, another failure of the international community. It's not time to throw up our hands and walk away. However, it's it's unfortunately uh, politics, and we've got to get through to the other side uh, before it's too late for the Rohingya people. Right. Um, 75% were displaced. Uh, very quickly from their homeland in Rakhine State. 75% of the whole population of the Rohingya. And there are many others who also were displaced earlier and are, you know, living in Malaysia and Thailand and, and elsewhere, right. uh, many in Saudi. Uh, so, you know, they, some of them may never uh, return. But the idea is that they, they do have rights. They should not be a stateless people. No one should be stateless. Palestinians should not be stateless. Um, Haitians in Dominican Republic should not be stateless. Every people have a right to uh, civic, civil rights and human rights. So we're trying to get to that universal, uh, that, that, that place of, of acknowledging universal human rights, uh, which is what the U.N. is supposed to stand for. Right, right. Well, we're going to go ahead and repeat this. Uh, you mentioned that Senator McConnell has been a main uh, obstruction with regard to having sanctions uh, passed. Uh, is that correct? Adam? Well, I I'm just going to keep going. I know we're having some difficulty um, with, with the audio, but anyone in that particular area, uh, in, uh, in Kentucky, uh, we, we're asking, uh, Adam has already made it very clear that he needs to hear from his constituency. Uh, Senator Senator McConnell yeah, needs I to hear. Bad, Tariq. I I really can't hear you at all now because there's the overlapping sound. Yeah. You know what, Adam? It it is quite all right. Um, I was just repeating that we want anyone that is in that Kentucky area um, who is a constituent of Senator McConnell to contact him uh, yes. and let him know that he needs to he needs to firm up uh, and and take a stand. Uh, against uh, this yes, travesty. Yes, please. And, and also, if you could ask them to go to our website, which you know, uh, www.bermatasource.org, Burma, right. uh, because we have a lot of action alerts and things that people can do to help. Okay, great. Well, we appreciate you taking the time and, and fighting through this uh, this audio problem that we seem to be yeah, having. Yeah, I apologize. It may be in my end, too. I don't know. Not a problem. Um, not a problem. All right, Tariq. Thank you. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Assalamu alaikum. All right, Radio Islam family, that was Adam Carroll.
He is the New York and UN Programs Director for Burma Task Force USA. Uh, you can get more information about Burma Task Force at burmataskforce.org uh, and check out those action items. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll be joined by Ahlam Jabara. That's right. The one and only. So we'll be back in just a minute. I'm good. The Syrian Community Network, with offices nationwide, serves its Chicago area clients from its Northside location, located at 5439 North Broadway. They provide housing, social services, education, basic human needs, and food security. The Syrian Community Network has Arabic-speaking staff and is a partner organization of the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. You can get more info by calling area code 872 806-0141 that's area code 872-806-0141 or by visiting their website at syriancommunitynetwork.org A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent one in 260,000 the odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, one in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 88. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. My name is Sue Smith. I'm 38, and I work at a graphic design company. And the teenage me would tell you, I wouldn't be into drawing and art if it wasn't for Big Brother's Big Sisters. My big sister showed me early on that I could do anything. And to the young me, that meant a lot. My big sister's name is Sheila, and Sheila is the reason that this 8-year-old grows up to have an amazing job as a graphic designer. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brother's Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brother's Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen. We're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming live at WCEV1450.com. We're on every day from 6 to 7 PM Central, coming to you from the wonderful city of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, We remind you, you can keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media. You will find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. And you also use that same username to find us wherever you get your podcast. So if that's TuneIn, iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud, you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. All right, folks, uh, family, we have joining us now um, someone I hold in high esteem, uh, a real worker, right? We have a lot of talkers, right? I'm talking right now, but we have a lot of, we have very few workers, right? So uh, this sister Ahlam Jabara, uh, she is a board member of Care Chicago as well as Our Revolution, 
And um, yeah, so she's, she's putting in the work and we have her on the phone joining us to talk about uh, something that we've talked about uh, quite a few times over the past uh, week or so, maybe maybe longer. But before I just keep on talking, let me give her the salams. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. How are you, my brother? I am good. It's good to hear you. It is good to hear Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Oh, and I appreciate the acceptance. So, uh, so we 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 have been talking about this uh, on the show. I know last week a couple of times uh, we brought up. Particularly, we talked about uh, with with Juneteenth and how the end of slavery represented uh, a chance for people to reconnect with families, and that mm-hmm. that being uh, in uh, happening at the same time that we're looking at an administration that is forcibly uh, and willfully separating families. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the irony, the, the the cruel irony in that uh, is something that we could not, you know, we just could not let that go by without mentioning it. But more importantly. Uh, there has there have been many demonstrations. There's there's a lot of outcry, and you um, doing what you do are right at the center of making sure that Muslim voices, not just Muslim Muslim voices, but uh, concerned voices, are coming together to make their uh, to make their dissatisfaction uh, and their disapproval um, uh, known about this. So. What's going on? And, and then I got a few other questions. I mean, whatever time you got, I'm, I'm just going to I'm going to take the I'm going to take this opportunity fully while I have you on the mm-hmm. phone. <laughs> so um, so so what is going to what is going to be happening this weekend? So this Saturday, there's going to be a, a rally in March, um, part of the National um, Families Belong Together movement. Yeah. Um, so the march is going to the rally is going to start at Daily Plaza. Mm-hmm. We have a great program set up. Um, <clears throat> so it's going to be at 11 o'clock at Daily Plaza. We're going to have some speakers, some entertainment for people. Definitely, we have you know, mashallah, um, a diverse interfaith group that's going to open it up with their prayer for us and for the families that are being affected um, by the current issue. Um, then we're going to march to the ICE office, which is the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Office that deals with what's happening at the border right. um, and is mainly responsible yeah, along with the current White House administration. Um, this is going to be an opportunity for us as Illinoisans to participate in the national call mm-hmm. to stop separating families, right? right. Um, so Illinois, uh, we have, we're expecting South thousands, thousands of people to turn out on Saturday mm-hmm. um, and really participate and also listen and learn from different experiences um, that, have been, that have occurred here in the U.S., um, whether it's the Japanese internment camps or the, you know, um, slavery and the ripping apart families. And, you know, we talked about it earlier today. You know, we have a, a, a very, um, as, they, as the country, our history you know, is it, very challenging. Yeah. Um, and it's not a good history. And we don't have a good story to share from the beginning of slavery, mm-hmm. right? And the fact that we still, the, the, the criminalization of black and brown people still occurs, mm-hmm. right? Um, in different cities, states, all over the country. Um, and now it's new administration. Um, it's the black and brown people who are being discriminated against um, and not being allowed to come into the country. Mm-hmm. Or is being, you know, criminalized for trying to seek asylum and refuge in the U.S. 
You know, I don't know if you if you heard this quote from President Trump. I think it was I think he made it yesterday, maybe earlier today, but basically saying that he wanted to do away with judges trying these cases uh, yeah. and to remind the Radio Islam family uh, that what he's talking about is classified as a misdemeanor, unlawful entry. Uh, mm-hmm. And he is looking to just do away, do away with the judges, do away with the due process, and mm-hmm. say, as soon as you come in, you're out. I mean, exactly. just sidestepping exactly. the whole asylum uh, uh, process. Mm-hmm. Right. So does, does, this, does this take you by surprise that we found ourselves not just in a situation where the humanity of individuals has been, um, has been ignored, but that people who are the most vulnerable, who are in need, who are, who are fleeing desperate situations, are now, the talk now is we don't, we don't even want to hear your situation. We don't, you know, we don't, we don't want to concern ourselves with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just, just get out. Um, and I've been this conversation with a lot of people over the past year and a half, right? Mm-hmm. A lot has happened since, you know, Trump has gotten into office. And sometimes I say, you know, I'm surprised. Sometimes I'm not surprised. Um, considering what we saw during election season, you know, the, the public hate, you know, that came out during the elections, you know, um, the increased public hate that came out after he was elected and then, you know, put into office. Um, we knew racism, discrimination existed historically. It, it, it continues to exist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did we think that we're going to repeat the same mistakes we've made historically? Like you would think we would have learned from, you know, what happened with African Americans, right? right? What we did to the black community. You would think we would learn um, from what we did to, you know, Japanese Americans mm-hmm. who are U.S. citizens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Native we Americans. We would learn mm-hmm. from what we did to Holocaust survivors who tried to come into our country and we sent them back to death, right? right. We haven't learned. Um, so I think, you know, am I surprised? No. <laughs> um, were they hoping for better? I was, definitely. Right. Um, but I think this is a time for us, you know, as Americans um, to stand up and say, we're not going to take this, right? Mm-hmm. It means that, you know, we have to work together um, as Muslim Americans, you know, um, as African Americans, as Latino Americans, all these different communities, Jewish Americans, right, and say, you know, we're going to come together, we're going to unite, and we're going to fight for all of our rights. Right, 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 absolutely. Now, with this crowd, and I'm, I am really, I am hopeful that this call to uh, to humanity, that's what I see it as, uh, yeah. I hope that this call to humanity is is even larger than I expected. Uh, to be. Um, but with that, um, is, is there anything in particular that folks need to know who are planning to attend uh, aside from the location? Uh, should, mm-hmm. they bring their, should they bring so, their I mean, signs? It, it is going to be hot. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about that today. Yeah. Um, so definitely you know, keep that in mind. Right. Um, logistically, we're, we're doing the best we can um, to try to make sure the setup is, you know, is going to be able to hold everybody. Um, get there early, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, we want you to hear, you know, the interfaith prayer. We have the diverse faith leaders, and Brother Salik, I hope you get, you know, you're going to be one of those people um, standing up here with our faith leaders. Inshallah. Um, we're going to have, 
you know, several speakers are going to be sharing their stories. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a good opportunity for people to hear directly from people who, who are directly affected by the current administration's policy, right? right. People who've had family deported, you know, people who've had, who currently have, um, you know, families who are in detention on the border. We're going to hear from people who, you know, have gone to the border and done a lot of work, you know, there to share their, their experiences of what they observed, you know. And we're going to talk about, you know, what we need to do together, right? right? It's a little annoying, you know, mm-hmm. to prevent, you know, this escalation and attacks in our communities overall. Um, so, and also, we are going to be marching to, um, you know, um, ICE headquarters. Right. Um, so dress comfortably, right, for the walk. Mm-hmm. Um, but also be ready to come and listen and absorb. Um, and there's going to be, you know, a call to action. We're going to have, you know, speakers talking about what to do next. Right. Right. And how people can, you know, participate and get involved. Mm-hmm. And we have several organizations, you know, who are, you know, endorsing this. We have several elected officials endorsing this, you know, mm-hmm. from the Muslim community, you know, Care Chicago, um, the Council on Islamic um, Organizations of Greater Chicago, um, who are, you know, uh, have been key in getting the word out about this. Um, we have the Immigrant Rights, the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant Refugee Rights, um, the Latino Policy Forum. We have organizations who are working in the western suburbs with immigrant families, like the West Suburban Action Project. So we have a great group of people, mm-hmm. organizations, our revolution, Indivisible, um, who have been doing great work around this. And we're hoping that people will come, you know, and listen, um, but also get out of it what actions need to happen next in order for us to protect ourselves and our communities, right? Um, the deportations are not new to our communities. Right. Um, detentions of our communities are not new. I think um, people are are starting to see it because it's, it's like tenfold now. We have, you know, pictures of people actually seeing kids in the cages, right, that really turn people around, right? Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Right. You know, these are children like my children or like my siblings, right? Um, or my nieces and nephews. You, you know, know that what? That can be my family. That can be my child. There was that something. Can be my relatives. There was something else there uh, when you mentioned that the children in cages. Uh, there was a, uh, one of the stats was something around 2,000 children or families or something. That was, that was the number that, that had been separated from their families. But mm-hmm. then they said that that, actually, that number actually is not accurate. That number is just as of, uh, as of April, that yes. we don't actually know how many uh, families actually. have been separated, how many children are in detention mm-hmm. since the beginning of the Trump administration. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. there's a lot, there's a lot to, uh, to address. There's a lot that we need to know. And mm-hmm. I am, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that we're going to be having this uh, having this gathering with action and, items. And, and, um, I, and I hope, you know, it's an opportunity for people to get to know others as well. Yes. Um, and share stories. I think that's going to be really critical to, um, you know, talking about, you know, the criminalization of black and brown people, mm. you know, in the U.S. and those who are trying to come in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we can't continue treating individuals and, you know, um, and families and children you know, in this inhumane way, right? There has to be due process. There has to be justice for our communities. Right. We can't say it's going to be a crime for somebody who's seeking refuge, 
you know, people coming in from war-torn countries, people are coming in from, like, poverty-stricken countries, right? People yeah. come in for different reasons. Nobody's going to leave their country, risk their lives and their families just to come to the U.S. There's always something behind it, right? Exactly. And I think these are the stories that we need to hear and get out there, right? Um, you know, my family immigrated here from Palestine in 1974. Mm. You know, they came for a reason, right? They wanted better opportunities, and they wanted, you know, to be in a country that's free, mm. right? Um, and it's just what any family would want, any individual would want, you know, freedom and opportunity um, to give our children something different, right, mm. than we had. Uh, and I think it's, that's one of the challenges um, that people like Trump just don't understand, right? His own wife is an immigrant. Right. Um, but he still, yeah. you know, yeah. he made an announcement yesterday before yesterday about even starting to look at naturalized citizens, the people who were born abroad and, you know, came to the U.S. and became you know, United States citizens. He wants to go back and look at their files, right? Wow. <laughs> um, wow. That makes no sense. Wow. Yeah, he, he is a master of misdirection and distraction. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is it's almost criminal the way he is employing our our resources mm-hmm. on the border because exactly. he is pushing all of the mm-hmm. uh, the prosecutors that we have uh, into uh, in, into prosecuting misdemeanors and all yeah. of the, the the serious crimes of, of human trafficking and, and, and drug running exactly. and things like that that they're falling by the wayside. So, exactly. yeah, where's, where's the argument for national security or border security when you are doing something that is totally anathema to, um, to, to bringing that about? So, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. No, it's true. I think, you know, right now um, the people have to try and make a big push, you mm. know, at the national, local and national level yes. and say, you know, our money should go into education. You know, our money needs to go into, you know, building homes for the, for the, for, or creating housing for the homeless, you yeah. know, taking care of our vets, right, yeah. who risk their lives. You know, why are they homeless? Why, why don't they have good health care? Why don't, like, you know, the, the elderly get good health care? So instead of focusing on things that we need as a country, mm-hmm. right, um, he's focusing on trying to limit people's civil rights, you know, trying to limit people's human rights. Yeah. Um, things that, you know, we've done historically and that we're trying to change, he's taken us back. Yeah. that are moving us forward as a country. Yeah, and it is, it is a travesty. Well, we're looking forward to, uh, to this Saturday, and uh, we'll continue to act as a repeater, and as information comes out, we'll make sure that we're sharing that uh, with the uh, Radio Islam family, the listening audience, and we look forward to, uh, inshallah, seeing you this weekend. Inshallah. Thank you very much. We look forward to seeing everybody as well. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, Radio Islam family, that was Ahlam Jabara. She is a board member of CARE Chicago and Our Revolution. And we were just talking about that um, uh, rally in March that's going to take place this Saturday. So we'll keep you up to, up to speed with it. It's Monday, so you'll hear about it probably just about every day up until then. So, But right now, we're going to take the quickest break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Closure is hard on every member of the family, but your family is not alone. If you're struggling with your mortgage, there is help. 
To learn about the government's Making Home Affordable program, visit makinghomeaffordable.gov or call 1-888-995-HOPE to speak to a HUD-approved housing counselor. It's free of charge. Visit makinghomeaffordable.gov or call 1-888-995-HOPE today. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, NeighborWorks America, and the Ad Council. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hola, my name is Esperanza. After a tragic incident, I was forced from a life of riches in Mexico to a life of poverty in the United States. My mother has become ill and we have become separated from our family. Now I must work for both of us to try to bring the rest of our family together. My name is Esperanza and I am trying to survive. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Esperanza Rising by Pam Muñoz Ryan. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq al We're still on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. Radio Islam family, we are coming down to the wire. So um, we have, we've dealt with some really weighty subject uh, matter tonight, uh, beginning with uh, that update that we got from Adam Carroll uh, about the work of the Burma Task Force and some of the obstacles that they have faced uh, within our own uh, government structure. Uh, and he called out, I'll repeat for you, for those of you who are listening from the Kentucky area, uh, we are urging you to, I should say he is urging you, and we're supporting that urging, uh, that you contact Senator Mitch McConnell and let him know that he needs to take a firm stand on um, doing what he can to combat uh, genocide and a part of the genocide that's taking place in uh, in Burma against the Rohingya, and uh, a part of that is making sure that sanctions that people are sanctioned that uh, that there's an economic because it can't always be a military but there's an economic price that that must be paid that will make it unfortunate that will make it uncomfortable for them to continue acting uh, in in the same manner that they have been, uh, and this is a tried and true. A uh, method of uh, of protest, uh, a, me- a method of uh, of correcting uh, behavior that is that is simply is unacceptable. I mean, you can go back to the Birmingham bus boycott, uh, and that was an economic it was an economic uh, penalty that resulted in civil uh, the, the attainment of civil liberties, uh, civil rights. It started by hitting the uh, the state or the, 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 those companies, uh, those entities in their pocket. All right, now this is something that I want to just quickly mention. Um, as the U.S., uh, the United States, they left the human, the UN uh, Human Rights Council last week, and it was all about 
uh, it was basically in protest saying that uh, Israel was being was being picked on. Right. You're picking on my, my, my friend. And so I'm going to leave. You know, I don't like what you're what you're saying about them. So I'm going to leave. Uh, I think that you are making a bigger deal out of civilians uh, in uh, Palestinian uh, civilians being attacked or targeted by uh, Israeli military forces than it should be. Uh, then you should not be making such a big deal about it. You should not be making a big deal about apartheid conditions. You shouldn't be making a big deal about uh, the violence and substandard living conditions. You, sh you shouldn't be making a big deal out of that or calling Israel out on those things. So we're going to leave. We're going to take our marbles and go home, uh, which is a really weak and, uh, and cowardly way to, uh, to, to go about things. And it certainly does not befit anybody or any nation that considers itself to be a standard bearer or guardian of human rights. Uh, and of course, we all know that things could, things definitely should be better, and they certainly could be worse. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you know we don't push for for positive change. Uh, but the U.S. this administration right now has taken the coward's approach uh, by stepping back. But it's also very similar to the uh, the impediment that China presents itself to be with regard to. Burma. Uh, so speaking, uh, and this is one of the things that if you, you probably caught this in Adam's remarks, as he's talking about how the Burma Task Force and its uh, allies have now looked to use the International Criminal Court as a, as a passageway to try to bring the Burmese military to, uh, 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 to heal, right, to bring them just, uh, to justice. It is not something that could be done within the uh, UN uh, Human Rights Council or Security uh, Council or, or, or any of those uh, councils where Burma's protector, China, has veto power. So I'm going to end with this uh, thought here. If we can't, if we, if we never get to the point where, I mean, as individuals, I think our politics as nations, it mirrors our politics as individuals. And by that, I mean there is a vested interest that the U.S. operates off of. It operates off of its own interest in, in Israel, its interest in the Middle East, its interest in Africa and in South Asia and, 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 and around the world. And it's not an interest that is rooted in uh, justice or peace, equity, what is actually right. It's an interest it's, it's based on what is in its material interest and its strategic interest. Uh, and the same could be said for China. The same could be said for any of these other, uh, any of these other nations that have power, that are uh, backing rogue regimes or backing oppressors or dictators. Uh, and the question for us is how do, we, how do we make our own decisions? All right, are we expecting for our nations to make decisions and to, to, uh, to demonstrate a, a, a principal posture uh, when, as individuals, we struggle with that ourselves, right? Now, I know I'm taking this a little bit, a little bit off course, but just as, a, just, just as a, a, a small reflection, sometimes, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I am, because um, I just got through telling someone this earlier, you can't leave from the back, but sometimes, sometimes you do. 
Sometimes you do. Uh, and it can become apparent to those who are supposed to be leading what the proper conduct uh, is supposed to look like. So that being said, um, tomorrow night we are going to be joined in studio by Professor Tim Gross. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the re-education camps that are well, and, and re-education, we say that tongue-in-cheek, really. We're talking about internment camps that are uh, that exist in China. And uh, the Muslim population in China have been rounded up by the thousands and thousands and thousands. And they are being uh, coerced. Uh, they are being, uh, there's, is a, there's a psychological torture or, or effort and, and sometimes physical as well. Uh, to get them to abandon uh, Islam. So we're going to be talking about with him. He's a professor. Um, he's a scholar in this area. And we're going to be getting some of the uh, an inside view and understanding of what's going on now and how it got to this point. So uh, we urge you, invite you to join that conversation tomorrow. Uh, I am sure it's going to be enlightening. Uh, I'm looking forward to it myself. All right. Time to go. We said it would happen, and it has. So. Radio Islam family, we thank you for tuning in. We want to thank our engineer over at WCEV, Ramon. Thank you very much, sir, for making sure we come through loud and clear. We thank our engineer in studio, the impressive one, Ibrahim Beg. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and or guest are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. All right, family, we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Thank you.